welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to Steve Homer. Steve, how are you? I'm doing well today. Thank you so much for daring to enter the hot seat. Uh, why don't you give everybody a little insight into what makes Homer tick? Uh, Who are you? What do you do? <laughs> I'm, my, my name's Steve. I am um, currently in Kansas, but, for, but originally from the Bronx, and originally went to Bronx Science. Oh, I know that school. <laughs> yep, and now I work for the uh, government as a uh, real estate appraiser. Excellent. The Bronx Science, and so you were in the Bronx, so it probably wasn't too hellacious of a, uh, a trip to get to the school on 205th Street. <laughs> oh, well, only two buses, which compared to the people, at least the one person I knew in uh, Flatbush, had to be a big improvement. Fair enough, yeah. I went from Flushing all the way, so that was uh, Q44 uh, to the uh, 39, a fun trip every day. We got to the last stop, and the bus driver rang his bell to wake everybody up because he knew everybody was going to be asleep. So it was a delightful experience. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Welcome, my fellow uh, uh, Spartan. You were still there when there was Spartans? Yeah, well, it's not, not not Wolverines. Okay, there you go. Just making sure. Well, the Wolverines now. <laughs> they made that crossover at some point. I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. But uh, all right, welcome to the hot seat. You know the gist of it. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to try and answer them, get as many points as you can, and we're going to start things off in round one here with a beat my rank. Here's how it works. Steve, I'm going to give you three lists of five items. These lists will be presented to you in alphabetical order, so do not try to read into the order. It's completely alphabetical and nothing else. After I give you each list of items, I'm going to ask you one quantitative question about said items, and your job is very simple. Pick the answer from the list that you think best answers the question I asked you. Get it right? Five points headed your right. You can pick the answer in second place. You get three points, two points for third, one point for fourth, and need a point if you pick the last place answer. I think you know the drill. Are you uh, you ready to tackle this rodeo? Uh, sure. <laughs> All right, mixed metaphors aside, here are your first five items. We're going to kick things off with Aria, followed up with Brooklyn, then we have Elizabeth, Lily, and Paisley. Once again, your items are Aria, Brooklyn, Elizabeth, Lily, and Paisley. And your quantitative question, sir, which one of these was the most common first name given to girls born in the United States in the year 2020? Well, okay. And Aria's kind of maybe not my pick because... The last two, last season of Game of Thrones was so atrocious, and that was after that. Brooklyn, um, well, I honestly don't know where that one is. Paisley would kind of surprise me there, so I'm between Lily and Elizabeth. And, of course, Elizabeth is kind of a old standby common name. Some of those are, a lot of those are making a comeback. But I haven't heard about that one. So I think I'm going to try Lily as my answer. 
All right. Lily is your answer. We're going to go over these answers, starting with the five-pointer and working our way down. See where you have landed. Uh, all of these names uh, were in the top 100 of uh, the year, so uh, we didn't go too obscure here. Uh, but, of course, some ranked a little bit better than others. The one that came in first place with five points is seventh overall. We're going to be hearing this name a lot, probably in about 10 to 15 years. <laughs> uh, that would be... She killed the Night King. Spoilers. And everyone seems to love that. That would be Arya. Arya for five points. Go figure. I mean, she's still a badass. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three points. Coming in at number 22 on the list. I don't know if they were just fans of How I Met Your Mother or perhaps the monsters, but Lily is the answer. Three points for you. Well done, sir. Good start to the game. Let's finish out the list for those playing along at home. Uh, in 40th place on this list, and worth two points, would be Paisley. And in 51st place on the list, worth one point, Brooklyn is our answer there. A lot of Brooklyn Decker fans. I don't know. Maybe they all just want to do what David Beckham does, although I think uh, Brooklyn's a boy in his case. But nevertheless, no points if you had picked that old standby in 58th place. Elizabeth. What are you going to do? <laughs> My mother-in-law is named Elizabeth. Uh, that might have steered you clear of uh, a zero-pointer, so well done. <laughs> I like her. She's not going to listen to this. It's okay. You can be honest. Akeed, <laughs> <laughs> Akeed. All right, let's move on to your second list of five. Three points in the bank. See if you can add to it with this list. Starting off with Elbridge Gary. Elbridge Gary. Then we have Gerald Ford. After that, we have Millard Fillmore, Nelson Rockefeller, and William R. King. Once again, Elbridge Gary, Gerald Ford, Millard Fillmore, Nelson Rockefeller, and William R. King. Those are the five items in your list. And your quantitative question is as follows. Which of these gentlemen had the Longest term in office as vice president by days. Who spent the most days in office as vice president? Uh, your answer when you're ready. I knew I should have studied more on presidential stuff. And that's that's not true for, just for this game. That's for all trivia. It, com it always comes up and bites me. And I like, oh, oh yeah, I knew that, but I forgot that. Or I didn't know it, and I still don't know it. Um, having said that, well, I guess... Ford was in until Nixon stepped in, and then he selected Rockefeller, but I don't know if he did that very, very quickly. So I'm thinking that probably each of those is probably in the two-year range at most. Um, and unfortunately, the other three are kind of random to me because I literally don't know how long they spent. I am going to pick... Apropos of nothing, I think I'm going to pick King. King! Apropos of nothing, just going on a flyer there, figuring I haven't heard of this guy, so I might as well put him oh, down. I actually have heard of him, but I don't know anything about right. it. Fair enough. Well, we're going to again go through the list in order, see how you did. Coming in with five points and 763 days, that would be Nelson Rockefeller. Nelson Rockefeller oh, was the longest. Two years, yeah. Three points. 
629 days, the man responsible for making those electoral maps look all funky. That is Elbridge Gary. And yet they call it gerrymandering. They couldn't even name it after him right. <laughs> Too hard to say gerrymandering, I guess. Uh, all right. It's, it's like the GIF GIF thing all over again. <laughs> Two points. 492 days. Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. Uh-oh. Getting down to the coin toss here. One point. 246 days. That would be Mr. Gerald Ford. Unfortunately, Steve, a goose egg is headed your way. William R. King was a vice president for six weeks and 45 days in total before passing away. Pretty much the shortest tenure. Well, at least I... No, there's really yet no at least I. <laughs> a, whip, a swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. You know what? Go big or go home, I guess is what they say, but you're already at home, so I don't know if that affects you one way or the other. All right. Well, you know what? There's still another list to get some more points into your personal pool, so let's see if we can rebound from that in a hurry. Here are your final five items, starting with home improvement. Then we have my so-called life. We have New Heart, we have Suits, and we have the Flying Nun. Once again, those five are Home Improvement, My So-Called Life, New Heart, Suits, and the Flying Nun. Your quantitative question is as follows. Of these five television shows, which of them has the easternmost primary setting? Which of these shows' primary settings is the easternmost? And I'm measuring this by degrees west longitude. Okay. Um, well, Home Improvement, I think, was Michigan. And My So-Called Life, I don't know whatsoever. Suits, I really don't know. Although I'm thinking possibly Miami. But uh, that's just not really based on anything. So that leaves New Heart, which I believe was Vermont. As long as I have the right new heart show. <laughs> and Flying Nun, which I think might have been Puerto Rico. Um, let's see. And out of those, I am going to... I am going to say... Although new heart is safer, I am going to go big and say Flying Nun. Flying Nun is your answer. So let us go over these... Again, starting with the five-point answer at 66 degrees west longitude. I mean, how many people knew that the show took place in Puerto Rico? Not many. And then you still had to figure out Puerto Rico being the furthest east, 66 degrees. Flying on five points. Well done. Being old sometimes helps. It does, yes. These games are chosen at random, and sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Uh, Three points at 72 degrees west would be Newhart, which takes place in Vermont. Uh, we've got two points for Suits, 74 degrees, New York City. Uh, my so-called life comes in with one point and 79 degrees. That is in uh, Pennsylvania, a little bit in the western area of Pennsylvania there, closer to Pittsburgh. And then no points, 83 degrees, home improvement, the Detroit greater area. So well done there, five points. Sitting on eight at the end of round one in your personal pool. How are you feeling now that you've gotten your feet wet? Uh, and, you know, it's dangerous to get your feet wet when you're sitting in an electric hot seat. But uh, how are you feeling? Oh, a lot better than after the second list. <laughs> I was well, I was worried I could have another at zero. But you rebounded very nicely there. 
again, eight points in that personal pool, and you have a chance now to add to your score, Steve, with Mash My Beat. In this round, you are going to get four mashups, sometimes known as before and afters. The first one will be worth one point if you get it right. Each subsequent clue is going to be worth one more than the last. Now, Steve, these may be a bit tricky to figure out, and potentially they could get harder as we go along. So in order to help you out a bit, I will tell you there's always a theme to each quartet of clues in this round. So if you can figure out, parse that theme, that may make the later questions easier for you. Of course, may not, may not help you one lick. I mean, I don't know. We play the game for this very reason. Uh, also, you're only going to have a total of seven minutes to finish this round. Now, you are welcome to pass on an answer if you get stuck, but there's no going back once you've passed. I will tell you the answer. Uh, the good news on that is that hearing that answer might help you uh, better figure out that theme. Of course, uh, you know, it might not. So <laughs> you don't want to get stuck on it too long. After all, four clues, seven minutes. We're going to put those seven minutes on the clock, and your time is going to start when I finish reading the first clue. Good luck. Here is that first clue, Steve. I think I'm going to be sad. I think it's today. The girl that's driving me mad is going away, doing 85 in a 65 zone. I think I'm going to be sad. I think it's today. The girl that's driving me mad is going away, doing 85 in a 65 zone. Okay, um, well... I believe I know what the first one is, and I think I know the second one, so I, I'm thinking this is Speeding Ticket to Ride. Speeding Ticket to Ride is correct. One point. Well done. Let us quickly move on to clue number two. When I find myself in times of trouble, Maud Findlay comes to me. When I find myself in times of trouble, Maud Findlay comes to me. Okay, I know what the first part is. And I know what the second one refers to, or maybe I don't, and that's the problem. Well, anyway, the first part is definitely a line from Let It Be, um, and Maud Finley comes to me. This part is real trouble for me, times of trouble. Um, let it be, let it, let it be Arthur, is what I'm going with. Let it be Arthur. The Arthur, the actress who played Maud Findlay, let it be Arthur, is correct for two points. Moving on to clue number three. For well you know that it's a fool who plays it cool by having an affair with his cousin in Christminster. For well you know that it's a fool who plays it cool by having an affair with his cousin in Christminster. Um, okay, so again, the, the beginning is Hey Jude. I think I've got the theme down. Um... The other part, I'm not entirely sure of. However, I'm going to take a shot that this is referring to a book and go with Hey Jude the Obscure. Hey Jude the Obscure, a craptastic novel by Thomas Hardy is correct. Uh, we have one clue left, and you still have half of your time. You are cruising through this. Let us see if you can come up with the final one. Little Darling, it seems like years since Jake Barnes has gotten busy. Little darling, it seems like years since Jake Barnes has gotten busy. Well, it would really be helpful if I could remember or know what Jake Barnes is from. Um, good thing I have that time. Because um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm also having a, you know, I believe the first part is definitely going to be a Beatles song lyric. Um, and it seems incredibly familiar to me. Um, but for some reason, I'm just kind of blanking on that part. 
So having neither part, this might be a little tough. Little darling. And that, that sounds like a song I should know instantly. I mean, I definitely know the lyric Little Darling, and then I go, it's from somewhere. Um, I'm not going to torture the listeners. I'm just going to take a pass. I, don't, I can't see any way I'm going to get to this. I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologize. I mean, they're trying to beat you, so you're doing them a favor. <laughs> uh, well, yes, you clearly have figured out the theme for this wonderful uh, round here. Every uh, one of the four answers had a Beatles song in it. You nailed Speeding Ticket to Ride, Let It Be Arthur, Hey Jude the Obscure, and this one, Jake Barnes is a character from a book who uh, goes to war and uh, afterwards is injured so he can no longer uh, do anything with the ladies. The song is Here Comes the Sun. Okay, is, oh, duh. Okay. Is, Here Comes the Sun Also Rises. I, I, I feel actually a little better because there's no guarantee I would have gotten to The Sun Also Rises because I still didn't recognize it from that book. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But you know what? Uh, that's why we put the harder ones towards the end there. And uh, you know, you got to earn it. And you did a fine job earning six points uh, from the first three questions. We're going to take those six points. We are going to shake them all up, add them to the eight you had coming into this round. And that means you are sitting at 14 points in your personal pool. As we head into our final round, uh, unfortunately, Steve, you have not earned any of these points just yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to claim them. And in order for you to do so, you have to earn them in today's Unlucky 13. Here's how the Unlucky 13 works. I'm going to give you an alphabetized list of 13 items. I will then give you a category. Now, 10 of these items fit the category, but three of them... Be forewarned, three of them are fakes, frauds, wrong answers, traps, if you will. Even if you won't, that's what they are. Uh, I'm going to ask you to select correct items from the list one at a time. We'll find out if it's right or if you've fallen prey to one of my devious tricks. If you can get five answers right before you select all three fakes, you will lock in half of your points. If you can get an additional three answers right, again, before getting those three strikes, all 14 of those points are going to be headed your way. To get that far, and I hope you do get that far, you're going to have a decision to make. You can take one more chance at getting the ninth correct answer. If you do so, you will double those points up to 28. Of course, if you're wrong, you're going to go back down to seven and your game is over. But assuming you do survive that hurdle, there is one last decision for you to make. You can try to complete the list, copyright Andy Saunders, and get that 10th correct item. If you do, you will once again double your points, and that's a whole bunch of points. That's 56 points as possible here. Oh, my goodness. However, at that point in the game, if you are wrong, all those points disappear. Poof! It's a double or nothing. You'll go down to zero and leave with just what you came in with, which is absolutely bupkis, but we don't want that to happen. We want you to sail through this round. Do you understand the rules? Do you understand what's at stake? Unfortunately, I do. All right, well then, sir. Those valuable points. They are precious. They're worried. Yes, but precious, precious, precious points. All right, with the rules understood, good luck, sir. Here are your unlucky 13 items. We have balsam, B-A-L-S-A-M, balsam. We have begley. We have cob, fiddler, fonda, clugman, Marshall, 
Mason, McNary, Savalas, Sweeney, Voskovec, and Warden. Again, your 13. Balsam, Begley, Cobb, Fiedler, Fonda, Klugman, Marshall, Mason, McNary, Savalas, Sweeney, Voskovec, and Warden. And the category is 1957 cast of the movie 12 Angry Men. The 1957 cast of the 12 Angry Men. Ten of these names are correct. Three are traps. You need to get five correct in order to earn seven points. Good luck, sir. What is your first choice off this list? Well, I will start with Fonda. Because I think that's the star. Fonda is your first answer. And Fonda is indeed correct. Talking about Henry Fonda, of course. Uh, Is one down, four to go. Number two, sir. I vaguely think he was in it. I'm going to say Balsam. Balsam? A very tentative guess there. I have not seen this movie. (laughs) Oh, well, that's going to play into it, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, Balsam is correct. He was juror number one. Uh, Henry Fonda was the star. It was juror number eight. Two for two. Number three. I'm thinking vaguely. And these these are really memories out of memories out of sketches. But I'm going to say Cobb. Figuring that's Lee J. Cobb. And hope he was in it. All right. Lee J. Cobb. Certainly not Ty Cobb, <laughs> although I hear he was quite the angry man. Uh, Lee J. Cobb is indeed a correct answer. One might say he was the villain of the piece. Uh, well done. Three for three. Two more to go, and still all three traps uh, untouched by you. Uh, what is number four? Well, I think I've gotten past the ones that I was sort of... Th- at least 50% on, and now we're into like 10% category. So, <laughs> I will go with what I think is Ed Begley Sr. and say Begley. Begley is your next one. It'd be quite the feat for it to be Ed Begley Jr., definitely. So, uh, we are indeed talking about Ed Begley Sr. And yes, Ed Begley Sr., a very sweaty role in this one, to be sure. Uh, four for four. And here's where we stand. You have one answer left. If you get this answer correct, seven points will be locked in for you. Of course, if you get it wrong, you still have a few more chances to get that fifth answer. But hopefully you can do it, do it right here, right now. What is your fifth select? Okay. Um... Since I think this was a pretty common character actor back then, and I think a couple of these were, if actually, I think most of them were, except I, I don't know if Telly Savalas was, but I am going to not say him, but go with Marshall. Marshall is your answer. 
and Marshall. Is correct, sir. Well done. Okay. Do, 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 do. Seven points are yours. Talk about E.G. Marshall. Uh, definitely uh, guys in a lot of films and you know, this many actors in the movie. He's probably in that movie as well. Uh, well done there. Uh, seven points locked in, which is a great place to be because now that you've hit that milestone, this next milestone is essentially a freebie for you. You cannot lose those seven points in this tier. So you have three answers to get right. If you can get up to eight total correct answers, that seven points will become 14 points. If, however, you get the three traps first, you're still leaving here with the seven. Fear not. Eight answers left on the board. So there's still a, a five, three uh, ratio. Odds are still slightly in your favor. Let's see if you can keep the ball rolling with number six. Okay. Um, again, apropos of nothing, which worked very poorly last time, I am going to say Vaskovec. Vaskovec, apropos of nothing, of course. And George Vaskovec was juror number 11. Very small role, but he's there. Uh, that is six for six. The odds, however, have now tipped a little bit in the opposite direction. <laughs> a little bit closer to being not on your side there. Uh, it's still 4-3. You're still, you're still there. Item number seven, sir. Okay, and this will not... I will not lose anything by missing this one? No, you keep okay. going until you get three strikes. Absolutely. Okay. Let's try... Warden. If Warden. that's Jack Warden or not. It is indeed... Jack Warden... Who is in this movie? Uh, seven correct answers. And one more until you get all 14 of your points. Let's set the stage here. There are at this point, one, two, three, four, five, six, six answers left. They are Fiedler, Klugman, Mason, McNary, Savalas, and Sweeney. Of those six, three are correct. Three are not. 50-50, right? <laughs> All things being equal, Correct. which they certainly are not. Uh, can you get 8 for 8? What say you? Well, this is the closest I'll ever come to playing Russian roulette with a half-full revolver. <laughs> I hope. Um, let's go, since I think this is another pretty common character actor. Let's go with, if it's maybe James, I don't know, Mason. James Mason is your answer it's a trap your first trap Ooh. james mason oh, was in the paul newman film the verdict but that's about as close as he came to a courtroom as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh not a correct answer here but you are correct he was in a lot of films of that era uh hence that's why he makes a good trap answer so we are still in the same situation with uh you needing to get number eight uh there are three right answers two wrong answers so slightly back in your favor the seesaw tilts yet again <laughs> what are you gonna okay. do well i'm interested that there's two very well-known 70s tv actors on here and i'm wondering if one is real and one is a trap 
I mean, it's possible they're both traps. It's possible they're neither traps. Um, however, I can see... I'm, I, I'm just going to try Jack Klugman. Or unless it's some other Klugman. <laughs> well, you've got Klugman there. That's all that matters. Uh, if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Uh, yes, indeed. I put this down to reference Jack Klugman. But is Jack Klugman the correct answer is what we need to know. Jack Klugman... Is indeed a correct answer. Well done, juror number five. You have all 14 of your points. I believe when they did a remake later on, Tony Danza played this role that Jack Hoffman had played. Oof. Yeesh. Oof. Uh, I'm telling you, he's guilty of it. Hey, you've done great. You got all 14 of your points. Huzzah. You can leave right now. Take those 14 points, head to the wind, and no one will think any less of you. And your points won't get any less either. So 14, if, you want, if you're happy there, great. There are four answers left. Two are correct. Two are incorrect. And now we're at one and done here. You can select one more answer. If it's correct, I'll take those 14 points and I'll turn them into 28. If you're wrong, you go down to seven and your game is over. So the first question I ask you, are you going to walk or are you going to take a chance? Hmm. So it's basically a 50-50 shot to a double shot versus for double points. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a good podcast if I didn't roll the dice. But it's a total roll of the dice for me, and I'm going to do it. All right. Against my better judgment. <laughs> well, all right, sir. Then I ask you, what is your nice item? Well, I think I will try... Again, apropos of nothing, but... McNary. McNary is your answer. And McNary is It's a trap! Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Yes, this refers to Scoot McNary, who was in 12 Years a Slave, but not 12 Angry Men. Uh, I'm sorry, let's go over the rest of the answers real quickly. Uh, the other trap was Telly Savalas, who was in The Dirty Dozen, not 12 Angry Men. Fiedler refers to John Fiedler, a mild-mannered man who was juror number two. He was in a lot of things as a mild-mannered man. And uh, Sweeney refers to Joseph Sweeney, who was not really in a lot of things. He was a very elderly gentleman in this film. It, Never saw him anything before or since. It's a really good role, but he's the one who realizes that the guy wears glasses. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for you, Steve, I mean, you don't leave empty-handed. You got your seven points, and kudos for that. That's a testament to the great job you did in rounds one and two. You know, that, that's how why we play the game. How you feeling now, now that uh, your time in the hot seat is 
quickly drawing to a close. Well, I guess McNary was hairy. I feel sad but happy. Sad but happy. <laughs> You're not sad happy because it's over. You're happy because you play. <laughs> happy because I got a chance to put some points up. Because I, I could have gotten not that far. Very true, very true. Well, I congratulate you on your effort. It has been a pleasure having you in the hot seat before I release you and you know undo the shackles. You Don't worry, this uh, I'm not Jigsaw. I will let you go. Uh, <laughs> no harm, no foul. Uh, anything you'd like to say to your adoring public? Um, well, how about a shout-out to Learned League, which is something that uh, I believe we are both members of. It's a lot of fun. If you don't know anybody, you can probably go to their Facebook page and beg for an invitation. <laughs> so why not, them? If you're interested in trivia, it's a fun, it's a fun little uh, thing to do, six questions a day. And, uh, yeah promotion, relegation, all the joy of being in an English soccer league from the comfort of your home and not soccer, but trivia. (laughs) Perfect analogy, right? (laughs) Only less flopping. Yeah, indeed. Well, Steve, thank you so much for playing. Uh, Thank you. It's been a real, yeah, it's been a good time on my end. We will allow you to leave that hot seat. And for those of you at home, uh, if you beat them, let them know. Ha ha ha. And if you didn't, keep it to yourself. We'll see everybody next week. For another new episode of Beat My Guest, thank you all for listening, take care, and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't gonna say no to that. Find us at patreon.com slash beatmyguest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. 